Welcome to the Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health Podcast, where we talk about the clinical and practical issues that face those working in the mental health industry. everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Barrier Breakdown. My name is Erin Melano Bailey. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Cognitive Behavior Institute and my co-host Dr. Kevin Caridad who is the CEO and owner also at Cognitive Behavior Institute. So this week we are very excited to be joined by State Senator Judith Schwenk who represents Pennsylvania's 11th Senatorial District including the city of Reading and many of its surrounding boroughs and townships. Since her appointment in 2011, Senator Schwenk has worked across the aisle to champion issues that directly affect women and children. So Senator, thank you so much for being here with us today. We're very excited to have you join us. Thank you, I'm excited to be here too. And I think it would be great to kind of start the conversation so we can learn a little bit more about you. And could you share with us and our listeners, um, what led you into politics? What led you to be excited and interested in public office? Well, it certainly wasn't a lifelong goal. I sort of eased my way into it. Um, My Actually, my degree is in agriculture education, and I worked as a county um, extension agent, meaning I worked with adults um, in horticulture, helping them learn about raising vegetables and fruits on a commercial and on a home basis. So... um, You know, I started doing some work in community development, like working on helping folks determine if their water was safe to drink and working on issues like, you know, landfills and their impact on a community. And I thought to myself, you know what, this is what I really love is working on these issues with people um, and rather than just talking at them, but being with them on the front lines to, to work on issues. So um, I decided one day, somebody said to me, well, why don't you run for office? I laughed. And um, then an opening came up in the county commissioners in my county. And I decided to run, got a hearty band of volunteers to help me. And that's how it all started for me. Wonderful. It sounds like you are really passionate about helping people. Um, That's a wonderful quality and something we all admire. Can you share with us how you became interested in youth mental health? Well, you know, um, certainly as an educator and I worked with, I I was also a high school teacher as well. So I've had long, um, you know, um, interest in how our youth and, you know, particularly younger kids are um, adapting to the world that we live in right now. As a teacher, I can recall having students that um, really didn't have a place to go after school or didn't have the kind of home life that I grew up with. And I, and I saw these problems manifest themselves and how they learned in, in, in school. You know, so obvious. Kids are, they, they are what they are, and they're very open and honest for the most part about their feelings. And um, so way back then even, I recognized that, you know, kids face the same issues that adults do in regards to mental health. So that's kind of how I've, I've come about this and I have always been interested in it. Now with the pandemic and the, you know, the information that I'm receiving um, you know, from teachers um, of even the past 16 months as we you know, went into virtual learning or in many cases didn't even have school for some kids, learned a lot more about some of the issues our kids are facing. 
You know, there's a similar things here uh, in behavioral health. We're hearing a lot of the behavioral health struggles of whether it be inability to just cope because of the new framework of learning, uh, stresses of the parents having to have the changes in their lives, whether it's economic, can't get to work. How do you work from home and teach at the same time? It's been quite the struggle. So uh, so I can appreciate uh, you kind of having vigor towards this, towards this issue. Can you speak more about uh, Senate Bill 506 and kind of, uh, you know, what's behind it? What do you think is so important about it? Well, the premise of Senate Bill 506 is that it would allow students K through 12 to have two days per year as mental health days. So if you needed a day off to take a break, you wouldn't have to put on your excuse, Johnny had a stomach ache, like my mom might have done or your mother when she gave you a, you know, a day just to step back a bit. And I did that. I, I feel it's important to recognize it as mental health days because that is as important as physical health. In fact, I think the two are so intertwined that I, I don't think that you can necessarily separate them. But it's important to be upfront and honest about it. We're seeing more and more of this in the public, right, with public figures coming out and saying, I just can't do this because this, this impacts me and the way that I feel. So that's that's certainly was a reason behind it. But then I had a student and who is now my intern, a high school student who came forward to me and funny at the same time, we had both been looking at this legislation that had been passed in the state of Colorado. And he asked me, would I introduce something like that? And I said, yes, immediately. And so it's been kind of a great relationship. We've gotten the bill introduced and I'm hopeful to get it considered in our education committee in the Pennsylvania State Senate. You know, it's funny that you bring up Colorado. We actually had a podcast earlier this year with Representative Daphna Michelson Genet. Um, I'm not sure if you two are, are familiar with each other, but I recognize she, the name. Yeah, she she spoke to us regarding some you know legislation that she was pushing about mental health evaluations for kids. You know before they return uh, from the pandemic so that, you know, you could screen out who is, is suffering from what and in some really forward thinking, um, mm -hmm. some really good ideas. So it kind of sounds like Colorado uh, really has it together on the, on the mental health front with legislation. And we're hoping, you know, PA can follow suit. I absolutely agree with what they're doing. And I think most recently Colorado has declared um, that there is a mental health crisis among children, children and youth, um, just that kind of recognition. And I believe the Children's Hospital has also been um, you know, engaged in, in the, those discussions as well. There's just, a, just acknowledging the fact that this is an issue is a very first step, I think. I think that acknowledgement also will help reduce the stigma, which mm -hmm. everyone is always, you know, that's such a key phrase, reduce the stigma of mental health. But I think, you know, this really shows when you say about the truth, you don't have to lie that, you know, you were sick or you had a stomach ache or, you know, something of that nature. That really helps to normalize um, the mental health struggles that people can face. And it also teaches our kids that it's okay to take a step back. Um, you know, do you agree with that? Absolutely, I agree with it. It's, it's okay to acknowledge that everything's not always perfect. And even for those students, and, and I talked to a couple um, that, you know, AP classes, sports, 
after school jobs, um, social clubs, all these things that they're engaged in, sometimes they're just exhausted. And it, they, they look on the surface to be, you know, those kids that everybody's, every parent wishes they had, but things aren't always okay. That sometimes they may be hiding feelings of, you know, depression, inadequacy, or that they don't measure up, that, that it's, it's hard on them. And so you, you don't just have to look at the kids that are, you know, not responding in a classroom, let's say, but even the ones that seem to be the perfect students are also, may also be suffering from, you know, just a, a need to, to rest. How much support do you have? I know this is a big swing that we have with the pandemic and our way of thinking to think about two extra days. I know oftentimes funding and how many kids are in school and how often are there fits into that. What are you what are you hearing from constituents and beyond? Well, from constituents, you know, certainly um, there's there has been um, a mixed bag of reactions. A lot of adults, um, when we posted this on Facebook and the interaction that we got was, oh, you know, suck it up. I went to, I walked five miles to school, that kind of thing, you know, in the good old days, we didn't suffer from things like that. But then when you push back gently and say, mm, didn't you just take a day off just to go golfing? Didn't you just take a day off to, you know, um, go to the park or you just didn't go to work because you, you just couldn't face it that day? Kids have those same kinds of feelings. And when I think when you explain it to people like that, they're a little bit more receptive. I've talked with guidance counselors who say, you know, this, um, this is how we or school counselors, as we as we call them, have said, you know, um, we talk a lot about self-care. This is a way for us to walk the talk, to actually um, support um, parents and students in recognizing the need for students to take that break. And I'm glad you brought up the point about being in school. You know, I have worked on legislation regarding truancy. It's been a huge issue for us in the community that I serve, as a matter of fact. And what we found talking with teachers and our task force that worked on truancy, you know, many times kids start missing school, not always, but sometimes just because they are facing issues of bullying, they are afraid to talk to other people or their teachers, that they're falling behind in their work. And once they start missing days, they keep, you know, it, the, the, it gets into a cycle. And they lose even more ground in terms of academic progress. We found that we had to make some changes in terms of how we handle truancy policy in the entire state. We changed the law. And, and, and this, I think, relates exactly to this. You know, even though I'm an advocate for kids not missing school, I recognize that there are important reasons for kids to be out of school. We should acknowledge it. No, that, that's very true. You, you, you bring up a good point. And I'm glad you brought up the truancy because I'm, I'm sure there's lots of other, other bills and other legislation that you're also working on. Could you share with us some of the other issues that you're passionate about, whether they're mental health related or otherwise, um, that, you're, that you're currently working on next? Well, um, I'm very um, interested in the issue of um, 
tuition equity for all of our students. We have a number of students who are the DREAMers or DACA recipients that are in our community. Um, and so they sometimes find they have to pay a higher tuition than other students. I believe that they sh we should, we sh every student should be on a level playing field in terms of that. I've been very engaged in the issues of maternal health, um, infant health, um, making sure that we screen babies for, um, you know, a, the mothers with depression so that we're, we're able to give them additional services right at the get-go before serious situations develop. Home visiting has been an issue that I've championed a lot so that we have um, nurses, nurse family partnership that goes into um, homes helping young mothers or mothers and fathers in terms of raising their children. So it's, it's, it's all encompassing for me, even though my, my emphasis, my, the committee I chair is agriculture, this is a, a real passion for me. Now I can appreciate kind of the multiple dynamics of mm -hmm. uh, maternal health. That's so important because it's going to be very impactful to that child going up as well as the mother. Uh, right. Clearly mothers are kind of, uh, we have them at a higher standard, right? Because if it wasn't for moms, we wouldn't have society. On top of that, kids' health. And one of the things with pandemic, and you talked about access, getting into the homes, one of the bridges for that has been uh, technology, particular virtual therapy. Uh, and it has been very strong for us. And I know what has come up very recently is lots of anxiety from both the consumer side as well as the provider side because we feel we don't have guidance on what's going to happen when a state of emergency lifts and be able to continue services, particularly I can say for ourselves, we're treating people in Reading, even though we're in Western PA, because there is no access to psychiatry. We have we have psychiatry or, or therapy, but suddenly we feel like we're going to have the rug pull out from under us. What can you speak to that issue? I'd really appreciate what you see going on and how we can address it and then talk a little bit more how we can team up to advocate uh, to make these changes. I'm really glad you brought that up. I brought that up, Kevin, um, just today in our session, you know, in the uh, Pennsylvania Senate, we voted to end the emergency declarations. Now, while the voters had already done that through the constitutional amendments that were voted on that, you know, they just, they made that decision. We, um, we were able to at least include some of the waivers so that, for example, telehealth would still be available um, until the emergency declaration ends, which will now be, I believe the date is June 10th. So it's not very, I'm sorry, <clears throat> September 30th. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, I'm very concerned about what that means. We really need to pass a bill to authorize telehealth in Pennsylvania and offer the full scope of services in terms of telehealth. We haven't been able to do that yet, but I'm hopeful when we return to session, we'll be able to get that done. I understand what you're saying. I have dealt in, you know, in addition to that, it's even in terms of reimbursing providers for mental health care. I have met with pediatric practices that employ, you know, a specialist to deal with mental health issues with children and the reimbursements that they're getting from insurance companies are pitiful. They're pathetic. Like I've looked at bills where they got 99 cents as a reimbursement for spending time with a, with a child um, for counseling. It's, it's deplorable. It really is. 
and no, we're, we're working on that. Yeah, I'd like to hear any if you if you are aware of any legislation how we could support because I know PA is probably one or two last time I checked of the only states that don't have legislation specifically for telebehavioral health. There is sometimes this at least prior to the pandemic. I don't know about now about uh, lack of parity and reimbursement as you described. If I were to see you in person, it would be one thing. If I see you virtually, it would be something else. Or mm -hmm. certain insurances because there weren't a law would not allow for reimbursement for telehealth. And what's going to happen? People have pandemics over. The, the ramifications of the pandemic are just beginning. And, and this is a real issue. So is there anything currently pending? Is there anything we can be helpful as a community to you? Uh, there, there are a couple of bills that have been introduced on telehealth. Um, of the numbers, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't have in front of me, but I can make sure that I get them to you or you can research them on, on you know, the state website. But there, there are bills there. It's just getting them considered and, and passed both in the Senate and in the House. Seems to be a breakdown in, in what, you know, what we pass in the Senate versus what the House is receptive to. Are you aware of any barriers to those legislation? I know they've been coming up year after year. What's been sinking them, if, if, if you're aware of? of any I, I, I can tell you that at least in one case, the issue was that there was uh, a prohibition of allowing, now this is in general telehealth, a reproductive health care for women was banned from the bill. And so that was, that was kind of a deal breaker for a lot of, a lot of legislators, including me because that everything should be available that is feasible in terms of tele tele or, or tele health tele mental health right correct yeah well i appreciate that i appreciate all your efforts it's it's greatly appreciated thank you yes and just before we finish up so that we can end on kind of a fun note, um, we learned that you uh, worked, like you had mentioned, as the Berks County Horticultural Agent for the Penn State Cooperative Extension and established the Master Gardener Program. So we know that time outdoors and gardening can be a great tool for mental health. Do you have any gardening tips for our listeners who may be home gardeners this summer that you'd like to share? Absolutely. I and you can solve the problems of the world if we just spend an afternoon weeding. <laughs> just being outside and, you know, working at a task. Um, when you're gardening, you're helping to, you're, first of all, you're out in the fresh air, right, or out in the elements. Um, you're watching things grow. It is so restorative. I can't emphasize enough how important that is. So when I take my mental health days, Erin, you might find me in my yard garden. or in my vegetable garden. I, I have way more gardens than I probably should have. But every day, even in the morning, sometimes before I go to Harrisburg, I will walk outside just to look at, oh, this sprouted. I got to pick this or there's weeds. It's, it's just so um, rewarding. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. We hope to stay in touch with you and we hope to continue to see some improvement and advancement uh, in the bills that you present, especially 506 with the mental health days, as well as some others so that hopefully we can continue to bring services um, through telehealth to Pennsylvanians who surely need them all across our state. So thank you so much for being with us, uh, Senator Judy Schwank. We appreciate it. No, thank you. I enjoyed the conversation. Wonderful. And thank you so much to our listeners of The Barrier Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we hope that you all stay, stay safe and healthy. Take care.
Thank you for listening to The Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health. Listeners can find all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. For more information and to learn about upcoming continuing education events, check out our website, cbicenterforeducation.com, our Facebook pages, Cognitive Behavior Institute, and CBI Center for Education, as well as our Instagram at Cognitive Behavior Institute and our Twitter at CBI underscore Pittsburgh. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We hope you'll tune in for another guest next week.